okay, I should do this. I should have more money. I should be at a different place. I should be in this. I should. And then we just shit all over ourselves, right? And that never gets us anywhere except for a place, maybe the couch with a bag of chips because we feel so bad about ourselves and there's pain and we want to numb that out, right? What is the story you tell yourself about yourself? Guys, we all have one. And as cheesy as it has become to say, we really are the authors of our own lives. We choose to interpret situations based on our perspective, and then that's the story we tell ourselves. Here's an example. Scenario one. The guy turns to his partner and says, Honey, you look so beautiful today. In which she responds, Ah, oh, thanks baby, that's so sweet. Scenario two. The guy turns to his partner and says, Honey, you look so beautiful today. In which she responds, What are you trying to say? I don't normally look this good. We choose our own interpretations. We choose the genre of our lives. We choose to make our story a drama, a comedy, or an action, or a thriller. But guys, isn't that the best freaking news? If we have the ability to take a situation and write our own meaning behind it, that means we also have the capability of rewriting our perspectives. All those beliefs you have that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. The things you should and shouldn't say. The things you should and shouldn't be. Screw the shoulds and shouldn'ts. You get to write the life you want. And so today's Woman of Impact is our pen, if you will. A woman who has lived the opposite to a hallmark screenplay. She came from an insanely traumatic upbringing filled with drugs and alcohol addiction, poverty, abuse, and mental illness. She had no support, no money, and heartbreakingly, she became suicidal. But after hitting rock bottom, she finally realized that the stories we tell ourselves create our reality. And so she decided, she just decided to rewrite hers. And it was with that belief, that practice, that she now proudly stands as best-selling author and founder and CEO of the Institute of Transformational Nutrition, where she combines science, psychology, and spiritual practices to help tens of thousands of clients, ranging from stay-at-home moms to celebrities to Fortune 500 CEOs, to rewrite their story, screw the shoulds, get unstuck, and as a result, transform their lives. So guys, please help me in welcoming the woman who is featured everywhere from The Doctors, Dr. Phil, The Today Show, Revenge Body with Khloe Kardashian, Harper's Bazaar and Shape Magazine. One of the most incredible humans on the planet, my girl, Cynthia Pascuela Garcia. Thank you so much. I'm like looking. I'm like, who's she talking about? <laughs> Welcome back to the show, girl. I know. We're, this is take two. Yeah, it's been like a year. Our last conversation, we went really deep into not being a victim. Um, yeah. Your story is just so freaking incredible. If anyone is listening and wants to know your story, go check out that episode because we go deep and you really reveal a lot. Yeah. Um, so right now we've had a really tough year. And yeah. so that's where I want to start with. People have a belief system about what last year was, That's how right. traumatizing it was. And I actually want to kick off with a quote of yours that I really found powerful. Um, and it really comes down to <clears throat> connects with the perspe- uh, perception. Mm-hmm. I am not a victim. I am not a survivor. I'm just a woman figuring out how to do the best she can with the hands she has been dealt. Mm -hmm. So again, right now, people are thinking about what happened last year. They're telling mm-hmm. themselves a story. Mm-hmm. They're... Um, 
But that quote really does sum up how you can frame things. Yeah, and I think just to kind of take a step back, if we if we could, yeah. the perspective that we have, which is made up of stories that we've told ourselves since childhood, is what shaped our last year. So as you know, a lot of people did struggle. A lot of people suffered. A lot of people are still struggling and suffering. Let's not negate that. Yeah. And at the same time, there are people who are thriving in this environment. And the reason why I believe, I know, just based on narrative psychology, that it is because of these stories that we've told ourselves. What I know is that our past is creating our present. And if we're not careful, it will also create our future. But just like you said, the exciting part of that is that we have an opportunity to change it. And, and that's what lights me up every day, um, keeps me going, motivates me to get up and do the work that I do every day. And when I hit rock bottom, that's kind of the breakthrough that I had. It's like, wait a second. Because I went outside, Lisa, to everyone to try to fix me, and no one could. And, it, and that's because it's an internal job right? Oftentimes we look for solutions outside of ourselves. It's very normal. We all do it. Uh, we go to the sage on the mountain. We go to the nutritionist. We go to the author. We go to, you know, the guru. We buy the books. We buy the planners. We invest in the strategies. You know, we jump on a podcast to say, what is Lisa Bill you doing to be so successful? Let me do that. But that's the problem. We are looking for external solutions to an internal issue. And when we can go there, that's when everything starts to change. Do you think then, wow, this is in real time really thinking about it, do you think then that's been part of what has really hit hard for a lot of people over this last year? Because so many people have been masking mm -hmm. um, by going external, by yep. going to these retreats, going on holiday, going yeah. out, going to restaurants, hanging with friends, all these different things, yeah. and now you can't. Yeah. Um, do you think that that has then really been, like what has been the most detrimental? To 120 billion percent. That's the thing. And I've told people about this since this started. Here's what's happening. Um, we, we use distractions, right? Now you mentioned some of them, going out, drinking, being with friends. I just want to forget this week happened. Let me just go do these yeah. things. And those, those are some of the things, right? But there are other things too. There are other things that people do on an everyday basis when they find themselves stuck right? Like stuck in a rut. So we'll buy the latest high performance planner. We will create a new morning routine. We'll color code. As I said before, we'll adopt the latest and greatest strategies and we'll do all of those things, but we never get to, again, the real issue and we never go inside. So what's happened is now that those things have been taken away, all the external things, and no one feels like buying a new planner or color coding, like some people haven't bought a 2021 planner. We're just going to see how things go for a little <laughs> bit, right? Like we're not even investing in that. But as a result, we're left sitting at home by ourselves, with ourselves. And for many people, that is a very scary place to be because all the thoughts come up, all the stories come up, and there is no way to escape them, right? Um, and it's hurtful. It's painful. Wow. Yeah. So how do you start to... Um in my head, I kind of visualize it like a, because you even said it's like amped up. Yeah. Um, almost like a release valve. Yeah. So what yeah. would you say is that release valve and how do we start to um, activate it? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, it's making a decision to, um, which sounds very flippant. I, I understand. But let's talk about that for a second. Uh, decide, right? It literally means to cut off any other options. And so a lot of times we'll say we decide to do something and we don't, you know, <laughs> we, we just don't. We're not really making a real decision. 
decision. And so when you make the decision to do something differently, to cut off all of these other things so that I can just do this, you really made a decision. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that. And then I think the second thing is just acknowledging that you're going to have to get uncomfortable with discomfort um, because that's what's involved. That's what true transformation is. And we don't really want to do that. You know, it's easier to drink. It's easier to eat. It's easier to buy the planner, right? It's easier mm -hmm. to hop on Clubhouse and listen to what the people there are mm -hmm. saying and take their advice. But it's much harder when we have to confront ourselves because it's so personal. So, wow. Yeah. So really, and you've echoed this a lot in just, you know, the first few minutes that we've been talking is the fact that there's a big um, uh, separation yeah. between wanting to making all the moves and mm. then actually doing it so yeah. i love what yeah. you said about like the buying the planners and going on clubhouse like that really <laughs> hits me because is it that we're doing that then to make us feel better but we're not actually then progress progressing and if that's the case how do we stop from just feeling like we're doing something yeah. and actually doing it so how do you actually get unstuck not like bullshit unstuck right how do you actually get unstuck so the answer to the question you ask uh, is yes and no. Are we doing it because it makes us feel good? Yes and no. Yes, it makes us feel good because we think we're getting ahead, but no, it actually doesn't because we're really not, not. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, we'll do all the things. Um, you know, We'll read things like, to be successful, you have to join the 5 a.m. club and get up at five. So we set our alarm clocks earlier and we do that. But here's, here's the problem, right? These stories that we've told ourselves for so long, they run at an unconscious level. So it's not that you mean to set the alarm and then sleep through it. It's not that you don't have the intention of building a successful business, of creating a strong relationship, of showing up differently for your children. But you have these unconscious triggers that keep in, that or that kick in to keep you safe, to protect you. And that's how you've lived most of your life. It's certainly how I've lived most of mine. And so the crazy thing is you don't really have a say-so in the matter. Right? Look, I work with high performers all the time. I work with predominantly female leaders and they know they're meant for more. They know that they are just killing it. But if their mindset was as strong as their dreams, they'd be running the world by now, no doubt about it. But the thing that keeps them stuck are these untold, unrecognized, um, unvisited, if you will, stories. Um, so let me give you an example of that because I think sometimes it helps to put it into perspective. Yeah. So when I was eight years old, uh, I woke up on my eighth birthday as excited as a girl on her eighth birthday. You know, I was just like, yes, my birthday. And we were very poor. You mentioned that in the introduction, but like we didn't often have food. And so anyways, I get up on my eighth birthday. I'm super excited. And uh, I don't say anything because, you know, but I, and I didn't really think I'd get a present, but I thought maybe a little cake, maybe a little something, something, you know, or just to feel special, like any girl or fella wants to do on their birthday. And so the day goes on and uh, I keep thinking about it and I keep waiting for a little surprise or a little, you know, something and, and nothing happens. And it's getting late into the evening now <clears throat> and it's starting to get dark outside. And I'm a little worried. I'm starting to panic a little bit in my little eight-year-old mind. And so I go to my mom and, um, and I just blurt it out because I'm eight. And I say, do I get a present? And she gave me the strangest look. And she said, why would you get a present? And I said, uh, well, because it's, it's my birthday. And she looked at me and she said, so? And in that moment, I wrote a story. And the story said, you're not special, you don't deserve anything. And when your mama <laughs> forgets your birthday, it's a pretty good indication 
that you don't matter. You know, you're not special. So for the rest of my life, I told myself that story. I said, you're not special. You don't deserve anything. When I applied for the job and didn't get it, it was because I wasn't special and I didn't deserve it. When uh, I got stood up on the dates, it was because I wasn't special and I didn't deserve a good person in my life. I wasn't worthy of uh, a boyfriend, for example. And, um, and that was devastating and it held me back in a lot of ways. And it wasn't until I could go back. And, and when I did find something, Lisa, I would, um, I would do everything I could to sabotage it because I didn't feel like I deserved it, like I was worthy of having it, right? So, um, and I didn't realize until many years later that was a story that I'd written. I am not alone. You've written stories. Uh, everyone watching has written these stories. Now, I forgot about that eighth birthday, but my body and my mind didn't. Right. So what we do is we create these beliefs. Right. And so we hold ourselves back unconsciously. I didn't realize, oh, this is me sabotaging this great relationship, because when I was eight years old, I realized that I didn't deserve things. And so let me just recalibrate back down. I wasn't doing that right. consciously. It is an unconscious trigger. That's why I'm saying like we can choose to buy the planner. We can say we're going to create a new life. We can say like we're making a decision and investing everything in this. But until you rewrite those underlying beliefs, it'll stop you every time. And you'll be so frustrated and so annoyed and just want to bang your head against a wall because you think, why can't I just get my shit together? Why? What is wrong with me? Why can't I just stick to the diet? Why can't I just do the work? Like literally somebody's in front of me showing, how to, showing me how to do it on YouTube and I just won't. Do, what is wrong with me? Um, and nothing is wrong with you. The fact is you're just protecting yourself and you've done this for years, right? And um, when we tell ourselves these stories and we create these beliefs, what we do then is we look for evidence that they're true, mm. right? Because we need to be right. Because if we're not right, we're very unsafe, right? We're, we're very, very unsafe. And as children, we just can't have that. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, the reason I didn't question what my mother was saying is because she's the authority figure. And if she's not right and she's wrong, I'm like this tall. That's a scary place for me to be. So children will always believe their parents, even when it's obvious to us as adults that it's not right. Children will believe mm -hmm. that because they need you to stay safe, right? So, um, so again, we look for evidence to uh, make these stories true. We spend our entire lives doing that until there is an interruption in that process, right? A pattern interrupt, um, and you decide consciously to retell those stories. Does that wow, make sense? Yeah. So how did you then rewrite that story? How did you mm -hmm. go back and even identify, oh, it was the moment that my mom said this to me. Yeah. So people are listening at home. Maybe they figured out, okay, oh yeah, I'm, I always... I always, people have been telling me, or I feel like I'm not special. Mm -hmm. Whatever that issue is that now we've hopefully helped them identify. Right. How would you now have them go back to figure out the very purpose and the core so that they can then un start to unwind it? Sure. I don't think it is a huge breakthrough that we're having here today that, oh, wow, we have limiting beliefs. Right. <laughs> I never knew, right? Like we know that, we know we have limiting beliefs, but we're still not getting to that root core. And I think that's a lot of what's wrong. And, and that's why people are stuck these days. And that's okay, right? Now we can take that and move forward. And so the way I do that is through narrative psychology. So there's two requirements to do this work. 
two. One is you have to be willing and you have to be ready. If you can't see it, you're not ready, right? Now you might be willing, you might be like, no, show me how to make a million dollars, right? But if you're not ready, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You might be ready, but then not willing to do what it takes, right? Some of us say, oh no, I'm, I wanna be as successful as Lisa. I am ready for that. Okay, then here's what that entails. Oh yeah, people- and I'm good, I'm good, right? So there's two requirements. You can't wake someone up. Um, you can preach, and, and I have coaches that do this, and I've seen experts who do this, like Lisa, get it together. What do you mean you can't make it? Of course you can make a million dollars. What is wrong with you, right? But if that person isn't ready for that, you can't fix them. I've learned something throughout my life um, because I used to do this too. Because I look at people and I think, God, if you could see the you that I see, you would be in awe of yourself. You just would. But they don't, and I can't make them. And that's not my journey, and it's certainly not theirs, right? Now, they may get there, but it's not going to be because I'm forcing this idea down their throat that I'm trying to project on them what I see in them, right? So what I learned a long time ago was let people be who they need to be Mm. and not who you want them to be. Because in time, if it's meant to be, they'll come around. They'll see Lisa. Uh, they'll see the show. They'll see Tom. They'll see someone who is like, ah, I want that. And why is it that I think I can't have it? And I created this method called the stuck story um, coaching method. And so story is an acronym. And what it does is it helps you to go back and rewrite those stories. If you'd like, I'll take you through it. Yeah, please. Okay. And what's the acronym? So story, uh, let me oh, walk so you're you. Gonna go, okay, yeah, I'm going yeah, to take you it. through it. Let's go. Um, and, and you can do this if you want. I'll give examples to you yeah. so that it makes sense. So the S is for stuck. So where are you stuck, right? So think of an area in your life that you're stuck. So for some people, it could be a relationship. For some people, it could be money, financial, could be building their business, right? It could be hell. It could be anything. Totally up to you. Where are you stuck? What do you want that you can't have? And then I want you to get really clear on that, right? Because some people say more money. I want to make more money. Uh, okay, what does that mean to me? I want to make sure my bills are paid. I don't. I, I don't want to have to worry about paying my bills. Okay, great. And what else? Uh, it'd be nice to eat eat out. You know, have good good food, or you know, just uh, get, eat organic. Great. And what else? Right. And what else is a magic coaching question? Just uh, a way else? to dive a little bit deeper. Love that. Yeah. So, and what else? And so, when we break it down, let's say this person says, um, you know what? I want to make ten thousand dollars a month. Right? And it's not right or wrong. It's their thing. They could have said a million. They could have said 500. doesn't matter. Great. You want to make $10,000 a month starting when? Right? So we're getting really clear here, you see. Three months from now, I'm going to be making $10,000 a month. Great. So you get really clear, really specific on what you say like you want. Right? And we can keep drilling down into that, but we won't. So the next part of this is to go to T, right? S-T. And that is the belief. Why do you believe you can't make? $10,000 a month, right? What do you believe that? Mm. Well, I, because like, I'm not smart enough, you know? Uh, interesting, and, and what is, tell me more about that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not like Lisa. I'm not, um, I just don't have it in me. I'm not good at charismatically. Uh, I can't just show up and take ownership of something. I'm just, I'm not that good. I'm just not like as good. I'm not good enough to make that kind of money. Okay, great, not good enough. So you land on that core belief, right? 
The next part of this is the original event. So what we're going to do is we're going to time travel a little bit. So just like writing a story, as you know, uh, in stories, we do these things called flashbacks, right? And flashbacks are intended to give some context, some perspective to tell a story, to let us in on something that we don't know, just looking here and sitting and having this conversation right now. So we're going to go back to the original event. And what I'm going to say to that person is I'm going to say, okay, great. So what's the earliest time in your life that you can remember feeling like you're just not good enough? Mm. What is the earliest time? Now, here's what people do. They'll say, well, last week, right? Because it's hard to like immediately say, well, when I was four years old, mm, right? So what yeah. we typically tend to do is we start to wonder because it's an easy way to approach something. I like to just play with the edges, mm. play with the edges of these ideas. Because what we'll do sometime is we'll say things like, Lisa, why do you feel that way? And you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I just do. But if Lisa herself can just wonder, I wonder. There's no stress. There's no pressure here to figure it out in this moment. And you just play around the edges. I wonder. It comes through. And that's the intention, right? Yeah. Because when we say things to ourselves like, what is wrong with you? Mm. Why, what is this? Why can't you get it together? Why, why are you so emotional right now? Like, this is crazy, right? Then it's like, whoa, yeah. right? It's like we're bullying ourselves yes. into this, right? Whereas if you can just sit back and wonder and let it go and just play, then how much nicer is that? Because listen, let me tell you something. We are all hot messes. Like, and the sooner we can all acknowledge that, <laughs> I know, and I know there's some people watching going, well, I mean, <laughs> speak for yourself, Cynthia, right? Like, mm. but it's true. You why have your you things. Say, well, I why have do you mine. say that? Is that to like not then judge yourself again? To not judge yourself, yeah. to let it go, yeah. like to not look at me or to look at Lisa and be like, yeah. well, they have it together. And then put pressure on yourself so that you can be like, us. Because listen, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like struggling myself sometimes. But that's what it's about, right? That's what this life, this game is about. Like we're in the earth school. You might want to try taking the curriculum, mm -hmm. right? If you were this enlightened being, you wouldn't be here doing the things, going through the stuff, right? And so you take what you can from that. You learn and, and you grow. And you do that by being gentle with yourself, right? Mm. When you feel like you're threatened, whether it's by someone else or from you, you will shut down. You will lock up. Your defenses will come into play, right? It's, it's human nature. We all do that. So instead, take the opposite approach and it'll come through every time. That's amazing. I yeah. feel like we haven't finished your story. We have though. not finished. So we've got to O. <laughs> we're we just at O. We're like halfway. Uh, we're just getting to the good part. Okay, so so this is the original event. So you're going to say, okay, this this feeling or this this belief that you have of I'm not good enough, when do you remember feeling that way? Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago I had a date, person didn't show or they canceled. I wasn't good enough. Great. What else? What's another time you can remember? Because typically people go further back and, you, and we may get through 10 stories until they say, oh, you know what? I remember, and this is a true story from, from one of my clients. Uh, she told me about this. She said, when I was young, I was about seven, um, my mom had me clean my room. And I cleaned my room. And I, I did the best I could. And to me, I was so proud. This room was spotless. I mean, I was killing it. And her mom comes in and looks around and says, well, what about that and that and that? And so in that moment, the story she said was, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough, right? And so let's say in this example I'm giving, that's what that's mm. that's what the situation is, right? It, innocent. The mama probably did not have bad intentions. She was just trying to get the room clean. But that's not how we perceive that as children. So now I'm not good enough, mm. okay? So here's what I want to break down really quickly. A belief is an equation. So remember I told you earlier, thoughts are not 
uh, beliefs. Those mm. are different. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me break that down. So belief is made up of an equation. It's three E's. You've heard me say this before. There's the event that happened, the explanation you gave, and the emotions that you felt. So in this particular example, the event was um, the girl cleaned her room. The mama came in and said, what about this and this? That's all that happened, mm. right? That's it. But the explanation is how the girl explained it. Because that's what stories are, Lisa, and you know this. We give meaning to events that don't have them, but we need to make sense of it, right? It's like, well, Lisa didn't text me back because she's busy. Or I could just say, well, Lisa didn't text me back because she's not interested in our friendship anymore, right? Either of those could go yeah. either way. But, but I can't just say, Lisa didn't text me back and let it go. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we make up the story. We give an, uh, an explanation to the event that happens, and then we feel emotion tied to that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so in this, in this uh, situation, the girl felt immense sadness. She was so disappointed in herself, and that's what locks in a belief. An event happened, you give it an explanation, you feel an emotion, and then it anchors into your unconscious and will trigger to keep you safe, right? Because we don't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's not how we get around in the world. So that's the original event. Now we get to rewrite it, and that's what the R is. We get to rewrite the story. So I'm going to say to this client, I'm going to say, okay, so if we narrow it down to the event, the mother came in and said, what about that and that and that? What's another explanation you could give? And this really happened. So my client thought about it, and she said, well, my mom's a perfectionist, mm -hmm. you know, and she has these really high standards and she wants me to have them too because she really thinks that that's the way you make your way through the world and that's the way you get great things. And honestly, that came from, from her dad. You know, he was in the military, things had to be just so. Anyway, so that's just how she is. And I was like, okay, well, that's just how she is. So then the event is just the event, right? And it's just your mom being your mom. Would you agree with me that you're not even in it? And she was like, yeah, no, it had nothing to do with me. It's about my mom. <laughs> so now the explanation is different. So what are the emotions? Yeah. Huh. I think it's cool that my mom had high standards and tried her best to instill that in us so we could be good people. Great. So the emotions gone different. The explanation gone different. All you have is an event. And an event is not equal to a belief, right? So now that's gone. Now here's what we do. We say, tell me then um, evidence of when you are good enough, when you were good mm. enough. If this isn't the belief anymore, give me some examples. Mm. And she gave me examples. You know, I started my own business. I put my kid through college. I did me all of these things. So we want to gather evidence because we spent our whole lives gathering evidence in support of the other story. So let's spend just a few minutes gathering evidence for our new one, right? It's going to make it easier the next time we're triggered. So now we've rewritten the story. Next is the why. And this is a really important part and a part that a lot of people get confused. So why stands for your new identity. Remember in the beginning, you told me where you were stuck and we said we want to make $10,000 a month. Mm -hmm. That's where we're stuck. We can't make more money. Okay. So now what we're going to do is we're going to create the identity that makes $10,000 a month starting in three months. So how would that person act? How would they behave? When the alarm clock goes off every morning, what would they do? Mm -hmm. When things went sideways and it looked like they weren't going to get that money, they were about 9,000, but not quite at 10, what would they do, right? Would they kick it into high gear? They'd make it happen, right? Great. That's what you're going to do. That's how you're going to act. You are going to create this identity, right? You're going to act as if you're already the person who has this because this is wild, but it's true. We know through neuroscience that your brain doesn't know the difference between something real and something that you're imagining. 
It's insane. It's crazy. But actually, when you think about it, it, it makes complete sense because your brain is literally enclosed in a black box. Doesn't it know. takes sensors from your eyes, your ears, your touch, and it literally lives in a black box. And right. it's saying, oh, you saw that? And it's interpreting, right? You heard that? It's interpreting. Exactly. So act as if. And deeper than that, what, what have we been playing with here? Emotions feel as mm. if. Right. It's why I like I'll tell my clients who want to make more money. I'll say, go to a really nice hotel, sit in the lobby, have a drink, like immerse yourself in that environment because it shifts your brain. Your brain starts to be like, oh, this is my reality. Now, what's going to happen is your brain will start to conspire to make that come true for you. Right. Mm. Because here's where we get stuck, Lisa. We'll say, yeah, I want to make ten thousand dollars a month, but I don't know how. You don't have to, you don't have to, because here's what happens. When you start acting as if you're already the person who has it, the how will fall into place mm. because you will think differently. You will see opportunities differently. You will show up every day differently. So the how appears as a natural result of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So create a new identity. Now here's the mistake that people make, because I think it's important to call this out, is people will just say, just choose a new identity, Lisa. If you wanna do that thing, then just be the person who does that. Right. And as soon as you do that, and as soon as you try it, your brain, uh, or I'm sorry, your unconscious, is gonna go back to that story and it's gonna stop you every single time. Unless you rewrite the story that led you to believe that in the first place. Are you with me? Yeah. And actually where I wanted to go, I didn't want to stop you, but it was so no, no, powerful go, go. on the rewriting of the story. Yeah. What if the story you're telling yourself is true? Okay, wait. Okay, so this is so good. <laughs> I get so excited about this because when I was first do, doing the research in and deep in neuroscience and brain science many years ago, um, I had someone say to me, what if the story doesn't have a happy ending? Right, and, the ha and, and that's like, very true, yeah. Shit. That's yeah. right, right? So what about that? So then I dug deeper, right? So here's what, here's what I need you to know about that. Not every story does have a happy ending. It, it just, it doesn't, yeah. Lisa. Um, my mother wasn't misunderstood. She knew exactly what she was saying when I was eight years old. Now I can have compassion and I can tell that story in a different way. And I can say, my mother, she didn't have a good example. You know, um, they were homeless. Her mother had no idea how to be a good mother. So my mother, how was she supposed to know, right? And, and I can write that off. I wasn't even in it. Like Maya, Angel uh, Maya Angelou would often say, you know, baby, you ain't even in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we're not. What people say and do has nothing to do with us. Right. It's all about them. Mm -hmm. And so I co-opted that mm -hmm. because most of the time we're not even in it or we could justify it if we want. It doesn't matter. Like I just said, you know, yeah. my mom knew what she's yeah, saying, yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah. she didn't. It's up to you. All your job is, is to write a new story, mm -hmm. whether it's true or not because the brain doesn't know the difference. We're not trying to save the world here, right? We're just trying to fix ourselves. Yeah. We're rewriting a new story so we don't have to live like this anymore. If you have big, beautiful, incredible, audacious dreams for your online business, but you actually lack the confidence in your ability to then actually make it happen, then I promise you, my homie, and I say this with all the love and compassion in my heart, your company will never get where you want it to go. I've been there, guys. In Growing Quest, I had to face myself every day. I didn't know what I was doing and I really wish that I had Shopify at the time because when you choose to grow your business with Shopify, you have everything you need to make your dreams a reality. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you at 
every stage of your business, from launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with their incredible Magic AI, award-winning customer service, and the internet's best converting checkout, you literally have everything you need to make all of your amazing businesses' dreams a reality. And that's exactly why I adore and love Shopify. If you're serious about growing your freaking badass business and you want to build your confidence and have faith, then Shopify is here for you. So go over right now and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase guys. Again, that is go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. One more time, that's shopify.com slash Lisa. You won't regret it. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore and that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doc that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc.com slash Lisa. Knowing you should eat healthy is one thing, you know, on a Monday after you've had a weekend of utter food debauchery, but actually doing it day after day after day, in and out every single day, let's be real, is freaking a lot harder. Especially when it's hard to find high quality animal proteins that aren't overprocessed or pumped with hormones and other harmful ingredients that cause freaking chaos to your body, your hormones, and yep, your brain. And that's why I utterly recommend to anyone that will possibly listen that you source your meats and seafood from my favorite brand where unbelievable high quality is guaranteed. And that's my mate, ButcherBox. I literally am obsessed with them, guys, and I eat their food every single day. Hence why I just keep a box in my kitchen. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the high quality meats and seafood directly to your door. So if you're freaking busy, you don't have to waste time. You can choose from different cuts of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, 
hawk-raised crepe-free and wild-caught seafood with no added hormones or antibiotics ever, ever, ever. Now, ButcherBox makes it so easy to eat better with the best meat and seafood on the planet that you can actually trust just like I do. So sign up right now at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and get our special deal right now. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast or steak tips free in every order for an entire year. So sign up today at butcherbox.com slash W-O-I for Women of Impact and use code W-O-I to choose your free for a year offer. Plus you get $20 off your first order right now. Go over, you won't regret it. God, I love that. I knew you had an answer to it as well, by the way. Um, I I got a quote of yours, actually, that I wanted to read um, on going further down this unstuck path that we're on. Unconsciously, people remain stuck at the age they received the least amount of love. Yeah. I've never heard that before. So take, talk to me about that and take me down that. And um, mm-hmm. how do we use that once we figured it out? Mm-hmm. How do we use it to our advantage to then get unstuck? Mm-hmm. So it's true. Um, these traumatic experiences or impactful events, if you like that term better, um, and just really quickly, I'll point out trauma is relative, right? Uh, so what might be, that? good question, what might be traumatic to you, I might take it in stride. You oh, know? yeah, 100 but yeah. And what might be traumatic to me, you'd be like, Cynthia, right? Um, sexual abuse, traumatic. Being bullied in school, traumatic. A breakup is traumatic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. right? Um, the pandemic, <laughs> traumatic, right? But we don't judge traumas. We don't say, well, your trauma is so much worse than mine. Who am I to, who am I to feel trauma over a silly breakup in high school? Well, you're you, and that's relevant to you, and you're 100% justified mm-hmm. in feeling that, right? So we don't compare traumas. Whatever is traumatic to you is traumatic to you, the end, right? Um, some people don't like trauma, so I'll call it impactful, events, big events in your life, right? Divorce, whatever. Um, but the point is these, these experiences that happen, if we're not feeling love, then we're feeling pain. Now, what we know is that as humans, our number one goal is to survive, right? You know this, your body will shut down everything Mm -hmm. in an effort to stay alive. And so at these moments where we've experienced the least love, we typically experience the most pain. And so your body will take over and it'll store these things so that you remember it again next time, Mm. right? It's why when you see Mm -hmm. uh, an animal that's been abused and they kind of shy away, they don't Mm. know you, they're a little suspicious, they're protecting themselves. We do the same thing as humans. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is why, you know, they always say, like, allow your kid to make the failures and falls because they'll learn, they'll never listen if you're just like, don't do that, don't do that. They'll fall, they'll hurt themselves and then they'll remember that it hurt and they won't do it again. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a story, yeah. right? That's a story that we that we write. Like I was working with one woman and um, she desperately wanted a relationship. But when she was uh, like in third grade, I think it was like maybe third grade, she had a crush on a boy and she told her friend and her friend told the boy and then her friend got the crush on him and then her friend got the boy. Mm-hmm. So her thing now, she told that story and that was preventing her to this day from having deep relationships with other women because she was afraid that she would be stabbed in the back. 
back. It wasn't even conscious, mm. right? It wasn't until we did this stuck story process, used this model that she was able to go back and, and realize like, whoa, that was me doing that thing. And so that's the other thing I want to say as we wrap this up with the, the stuck story is that when we do this, uh, I want to be clear on the outcome and your expectations. Yeah. So it's not like when we rewrite this story, you were in, in this example that we gave, you're just never, ever going to feel like you're not good enough. You know, like from that moment on, you were just course correct. Right, right, right. I'm good. I've changed right? my story. I still have it come up mm. for me. I still have the little, I'm not special thing come up for me. All these years later, I literally wrote the method, like yeah. I've <laughs> written the book um, and I still have it. But here's what I do now. I do what you did. I say, what? oh, that's me telling that story again, but I know better. It's okay. Ego. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Unconscious. I got this. Yeah. Right. And you move through it really quickly. And there's some stories I've rewritten that don't even trigger me anymore, but I want to be realistic. Right. And I don't want people to do this and think, oh, that didn't work. You have to continue to re, I mean, you've told yourself this story for how many years now, right? You're just training yourself. You're creating new neurological pathways in your brain, new trains of thought, so to speak, so that it does become more automatic and it gets easier over time. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I love that you said that. So actually what I want to ask is, I tell myself a story that I'm stupid. Yeah. So um, I know where it's come from. I've done the work. I realize how and where it's come from and that I carry it into adulthood. It used to hold me back mm -hmm. and it used to make me feel really shitty about myself. It really, you know, it was the story that I was telling myself, Lisa, you're too dumb. Mm -hmm. Helped build a billion dollar business, still telling myself <laughs> I'm too dumb. Keep going, build impact theory. And I still every so often have that voice. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing though, Cynthia. I know it's my power. Mm. It's, it went from it was very detrimental to me yeah it made me feel badly about myself and it only tore me down mm -hmm. and over time mm -hmm. now that i've actually built other confidence yes i sometimes deliberately tap into that old story yeah to push me to get better yeah so remember it lives in your unconscious no matter if you've uh, rewritten it or not and we can access that anytime we want to and i know what you mean like i did the same thing sometimes people will say how did you go from living in a house with rats and no food and no running water to to where you are now right like this great life that you live and for a long time i didn't know i would just say well i just did the work i did what everybody else mm -hmm. does you know i showed up i worked hard and which is not really the answer right it really was me rewriting my stories um, i'm writing my memoir now and what i realized is that when i was young i would create these almost alternate realities um for myself so when i would leave our dark cold dingy house and i would go into the woods behind my house and i would sit there it wasn't just woods you know by a river where river rats were up on the bank but it was a garden and it was a beautiful luxurious garden and i was out there uh, while my parents were off traveling to paris or that's the story yeah. that was a story right mm. so it brought me out of that reality now mm. conversely just like you i'll use that to motivate myself i'll show them right i'll show them i can do this mm. i'll show them that i mm. that i'm not stupid so i worked on like the opposite of that just like you the difference is you know that you're doing it and it is a conscious mm. move right when when you're not operating from that place mm. then that's almost being a victim well, it is being a victim to these unconscious beliefs and stories that we've told ourselves. There's a difference in that and choosing to invoke it because you know that you pull power from that and that it motivates you. But it's a conscious thing. Listen, language is important. 
And I think that we don't give it the credit that it deserves. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll still slip up and say things. I'll be like, oh, I want to. And my husband will say, because we have this thing where we, you know, are always kind of coaching each other. And he'll say, well, you could choose it. Or I'll say, I should do that. Or I need to do this thing. And he'll say, oh, or you could choose to do it if you want, right? Like, like even with my clients, they'll say like, oh, I want this. But remember, brain, literal, doesn't know the difference. It'll say, okay, she wants. Got it. She's wanting. She's not getting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's wanting it. But if you say, I'm choosing to, your brain's like, okay, great. Now we're choosing to. Let's go. Another word that I caution people on is should. Yes, should. Should you? Because then it's like, I should do this. I should have more money. I should be at a different place. I should be in this. I should. And then we just should all over ourselves, right? And that never gets us anywhere except for a place, maybe the couch with a bag of chips because we feel so bad about ourselves and there's pain and we want to numb that out, right? So again, instead of, instead of most of us, instead of being conscious and saying, oh, I wonder why I feel like I should do this. I wonder why I feel like I should look like this or I should eat a certain way or I should make more money. Instead of just wondering and like I said earlier, playing with the edges of that, we will immediately think that in some way we're inferior because we don't have it. We're not good enough. We all have this underlying belief, which is, by the way, one of the reasons we care why so many people think, like what people think about us. Um, and I have a trick for that too, if you want to hear it. But but we yes. get into these ruts and then instead of feeling or wondering, we just numb because that's easier until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? the problem. It yeah. never then just goes away. No. Yeah. And that to come full circle is why we're sitting at home more depressed, dealing mm, with these things mm. that we don't have tools for because we've never learned them because we could always just eat or go out or be mm-hmm. with friends. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, love that you just brought that all the way around, by the way. <laughs> um, and I definitely want to hear how do you deal with people then that are saying um, yeah. the naysayers? Or oh, is that what the naysayers? Is that what you you know, just the one thing that I come up against a lot is that we are all so very deeply concerned about what other people think of us, you know, and and we find it almost impossible to stop. It's funny, Eleanor Roosevelt said, you wouldn't be so concerned what people thought about you if you realized how seldom they do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but you know, like I like to think I'm important. I like to think people are talking about me. Yeah, That's my ego, yeah. you know? But but we all have this and we all are terrified. And, and that is a problem because it will it'll create our lives because we will try to act in a certain way to make other people happy. We will try to do certain things so they think highly of us, right? And so that's a problem because then we get so busy becoming who they say we should be that we forget who we are. Does does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like at our core, the things that really make us happy. So, and I'm not immune to this. I want to be really clear. Um, There are, I am at a point in my life where for the most part, I don't really care what people think about me um, because you can't please everyone. And that is not my job on this earth by any means. I talk to the people who can hear me and that resonate with me and everyone else, I wish them well. And it's all good. I don't put any energy toward that. Sometimes I'll get triggered, but for the most part, I got that. Mm. Where I do care is for people I care about. I care what they think about me. Mm. I care that you think I'm a good friend that I'm there for you if you need me. I care about that. If uh, I care about my daughter thinking I'm a good mom and that I support her. I care about my husband thinking I'm a good partner and that I'm really showing up for him. That matters to me, right? Other people outside of that, not so much, right? But most people do. So here's um, 
So let's talk about that. I have a, a cute tool. Um, so you know the, you know Pluto, the planet. Some people will argue Pluto is a planet. Some people are saying Pluto is not oh, yeah, a planet. Oh, yeah, now it's And we're yeah. declassifying it, right? Yeah. It's not a planet. Pluto could give a shit what anyone <laughs> thinks about Pluto, right? Yeah. Pluto just, he's hanging out. Yeah. He's doing its thing. You know, shows up every day, spins a little. Yeah. But he does not care what anyone thinks because he's too busy being Pluto. Yeah. So in those moments where I am a little bit triggered or I'll see my clients getting into these places, I'll just say, be like Pluto. Just be like Pluto. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit what people think? Yeah. Those people don't have to live your life. So why are you living your life for them? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Can I be super honest with you? Please do. Oh, girl. So here's the thing. <laughs> I've really been thinking about this. Um, like, don't care. Don't care what people think. Yeah. Here's the truth. I really do freaking care. I want to be loved <laughs> by every human on the planet. I'm not going to fucking lie. I do. <laughs> right? And so I almost think, like, who doesn't want to be liked by everyone? So it's not yeah. that I don't care. Like, if I could, oh, man, I wish everyone did like me. Now, mm. here's the thing. Because I care... Um, I wasn't able to switch it off because I was like, now I just feel fake because I really do care. And so I learned to switch it around and go, I do care, but I'm not allowing it to dictate how I show up every day. That's right. And it's freaking hard because depending on if you're sensitive in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Like if you've just been working hard, like, from, you know, I'm really tired yeah. and you become more sensitive when you're really tired. Let's say you haven't eaten and then something comes mm-hmm. and then you take in, oh yeah, I really care. And it becomes um, upsetting and things sure. like that. So sure. it is very difficult mm-hmm. for me to always think like that. Yeah. But that's where I then remind myself, I've already previously laid out yeah. who Lisa is, what she shows up to be. And yes. then I go, even though I care and I so want to be liked right now, I want everyone to like me and stop throwing hate. It's great. Go back to my list. That is the point. That, oh my gosh, that is so crucial. And you know this without even really knowing it. But here's why most of us worry so deeply about what people think. Mm. It's why we'll play the tape over mm. and over and over when we leave the party about what happened, right? Um, and it's because they might be right. What I mean by that is, yeah, if I don't know who I am, wow, then they might be right. And oh God, what does that mean? Remember earlier when I said we get so busy being who they say we should be, we forget who we are. We do. We do. So in that moment, what we're concerned about is not that they're thinking something about us that's not true, but that they may be right. And that's very scary for us. Because what if we don't want to be that way? But then we don't know. So so you have to get to know yourself, right? Like I hear these, uh, self-love is a great thing. Like let me, I'm about to get into something. So let me just save bring myself on, girl, for a minute. <laughs> self-love is a beautiful thing. But self-love is overrated. Let me explain what I mean by that. We struggle and we think we should love ourselves. The meme on Instagram said to love myself. The influencer said she, she can do all these things because she loves herself shit, I can't do that. I can't, I can't. And we try to fake it. We do. Oh God, we try to fake it. We'll even say it. I love who I am. I'm confident. I don't care what you think. No, you're not. And yes, you do. Right. Mm-hmm. What about this? And, Cause I don't like to just throw something under the bus without an alternative. So what about this? What if you got to know yourself a little bit? 
you can do that through the stuck story. Mm. Why am I doing this? Well, it was a story I told myself, this thing happened. Let me process that in a different way. Let me write a new story. What if we just got to know ourselves a little bit better? What if instead of Netflixing and chilling, since we're all at home now, what if we just said, Lisa, what's your favorite color? Mm. Lisa, what makes you happy? What, like, what upsets you? What would your dream life be like if you could build it, you know? What's the one thing, the one talent that if you had the rest of your life to learn how to do it, you would spend doing that mm. one thing? What if Oprah called and said, I'm going to have you on a show? I'm there. What's the one thing you would say, <laughs> right? What yes. is that? <laughs> if you had a billboard on Sunset Boulevard, what's the, the play? Get yeah, to know who yeah. you are. What, what, what like lit you up when you were a little kid? So self-discovery, then self-acceptance, mm. right? Self-acceptance. I realize that in the past I have pushed people away because I had this deep belief that I wasn't enough. And it was scary when they got too close because I was afraid they would see that. Mm. That's who I am. I'm a hot mess. We all are. I've said mm. that earlier. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, we're still doing the best we can. We just want to be good mamas, good papas, make some kind of a contribution, be a good friend. Like we just want to show up good in the world. We really do. Yeah. We want to affect change. We want Black Lives to Matter. We want all of these things. Like that's who we are, right? But we try to be someone else and then we get confused. Mm -hmm. So spend some time with yourself. Discover who you are. Accept it. Accept it. Yeah. I'm crazy bitch sometimes. That's who I am. And then once you accept yourself, then maybe start to love yourself. Yeah. Um, you had actually said earlier, um, oh God, I, I was trying to hold on to the phrase. So you'd broken <laughs> it down and you said, you know, choose, you know, happiness. And mm. I'm not sure if you said choose happiness, but I actually have heard you say oh, happiness is overrated. overrated. Yeah, it is. It is because we, first of all, it's not feasible um, because the world To be happy all the time or to... To, to be, ha well, I don't think that you should try to be happy all the time because the match, here's, here's the thing. And, and this is part of the overall problem with outdated life coaching and personal development that is kind of stuck in the place where it is now. I, I touched on that before. We don't want to ever be unhappy. It's why we have the new planner. It's why we go outside. It's mm -hmm. why we do these things. Mm -hmm. But it is only during those times of struggle and trying and having to figure some things out that you grow, that you get better, that you're better prepared for the next thing coming down the road. If you never have that, you never develop character. You never know who you should and shouldn't trust. You never know how to conduct yourself when you're ready to lose it. Listen, any solution that doesn't, any real solution that doesn't explore our underlying feelings of shame, and unworthiness and deep-seated beliefs that we hold is a distraction. Hmm. It's a distraction from the real work that needs to be done. And trying to be happy all the time is a distraction. You can't understand um, how to be happy all the time if you don't know what makes you sad. You cannot know the light if you've never seen the darkness. So when I was, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was first coming out of my uh, nervous breakdown, meltdown, whatever you want to call it, um, I started realizing I needed some spiritual connection, right? Like, you know, at, at ITN, we don't just teach nutritionists physical nutrition, um, anything that 
feed you is how we look at mm. it. So physical nutrition, but also mental nutrition for past trauma, for your mental environment, neuroscience, and then spirituality, right? Spiritual nutrition, which is for me and for the school, it's about connection. It's about relationships, right? Relationships with your friends, mm. relationships with your community, a church, a higher power, the planet, with yourself, most importantly, right? So it's all important and you have to have all of those to be fully nourished. That's what I'm redefining nutrition as. Mm. Um, and so when I was going through this journey way back in the day, I realized that I had a spiritual part that was missing. And so, and so I started reading about people that were enlightened and I thought, well then that, that's what I'll be. <laughs> that's what I'll no, be. No, I really did. Cause I knew nothing about the spiritual world. And I just said, so I thought I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go get enlightened. Like that's the ticket. If I just go get enlightened, right, right. everything will be fine in my life and I don't have to struggle yeah. anymore. And so, and then as you know, the dirty little secret is enlightenment, like happiness, is overrated mm -hmm. because it's the journey that makes all of this worth living, right? It's the journey, it's the ups and downs. The only reason you can feel happiness is because you know what it feels like to be completely shattered on the floor, broken into. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason happiness is such a great thing. But if you'd never known the being on the floor, happiness would have no context. It would not be relevant to you in the same way. So true. And the funny thing is, is I think we mistakenly make happiness as it should be our default um, stance. Like enlightenment. Like enlightenment. Like I should always be happy. So if I'm even remotely not happy, right. I'm now judging myself and saying, oh my God, why and all that. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I've started to do actually, so when I, um, like when things are really struggling, when I've really hit, you know, like rock bottom with my health or anything like this, yeah. I always used to say to myself, this too shall pass, right? It's mm -hmm. very common phrase. Mm -hmm. It really hit me when I first heard it. So I always say that to me, it's very gentle wording. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't worry, you, you know, this will pass. Um, and I loved that. Up until I started to realize, I think I'm doing myself detrimental harm. So what I started to now do, in my really happy moments, I say to myself, this too shall pass. Yeah. And what it does is it allows me to say, this isn't gonna be here forever. That's right. Don't expect it That's to be. Right. You have no right to exp to make sure that it is. Yeah. So this too shall pass, so yeah. enjoy it. Exactly. And the other thing that I'll just tack on to that is, um, is that we should just be curious um, and we should just stay open when we're in these tough times and we want to say this too shall pass and there are times I fully acknowledge that it's a helpful thought to latch on to mm -hmm. to kind of pull you through I'm not going to feel this way forever right. right there there is a brighter day coming that's all great and if you can in that moment where I've really found the magic to be is just to get curious I wonder why I'm feeling so devastated. Mm -hmm. I wonder why this hurts so much. I wonder, um, I wonder what I meant to learn from this. I wonder how I can come through this and be mm -hmm. stronger, right? Like what are those golden nuggets that you can get out of this moment to take mm -hmm. with you on, on the journey for the next time? And, and not all of us can do that and not all of us can do it all at the time. I know sometimes I certainly can't. Sometimes I'm in it and I'm like, oh, <laughs> what a wonder, I'm just in it, yeah, right? Yeah. But when we can, mm -hmm. when we can kind of pull up the strength to do that and we can just get curious in that moment, the most beautiful breakthroughs happen, Lisa, mm -hmm. because all of our guards are down and all the chips are on the table. And here's what I wish we could, could do. This would be my wish for all of us, is that we could enjoy, and I mean that word, enjoy, and be in wonderment 
and stay open and receive pain the same way as we do happiness. Ooh, all right. People are freaking out right now. Totally How losing it. How the hell it. do you enjoy pain, <laughs> Cynthia? How the hell do you enjoy it? <laughs> because if we can look at how it's serving us, right, whether it is showing us something that we should have seen in hindsight, but that we didn't, but now we know and we'll see it in the future, right? If we can realize, and this is going to come across as trite, and I really don't mean for it to, but if we can realize in that moment that it is happening for us, right, that is happening for us, then I think that we can get to the point. Now, listen, this is not easy work. Uh, I certainly don't do it all the time. Like, let's be super (laughs) honest in this moment. And I still think, I I still believe, I still know that if we could could all get to that point where Mm -hmm. we could see the beauty and the pain, like what an amazing experience that would be. And it's, it's, it's really hard to navigate that. So I don't want it to be misconstrued and I don't want you to misunderstand like everything happened for you, meaning that it's positive. That's not what I mean. Mm. And mm. if there are lessons, do you see where I'm going? And so if there are lessons, however, that you can mine from that then take that and move forward. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like for me is this fucking sucks. Totally. I'm going to go through this sucky thing. I may as well come out of it with a lesson. Exactly. um, That's interesting. And I actually like the word enjoy because there's no way I fucking enjoy it. Like there's no possible (laughs) way, Cynthia girl, as much as I'll try for you, if nothing else, there's no, I like in my head and maybe I'm just being fixed minded right now, but I can't see a world where I'll actually enjoy it. But... And And even just, ah, and in saying that though, I will absolutely use the word. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I don't believe it, there's Mm -hmm. something powerful. I mean, going back to what we were saying about words. Mm -hmm. So from now on, I'm not going to say this is sucky. I'm going to say, this is amazing. I enjoy (laughs) this. Try it. I'm going to try it. Seriously. And then text me straight away. No, I will. Straight away. That's for you. And, and let me know. Right. But here's, here's a really interesting experiment to try this or not. I'm not attached, right. Not attached to your outcome. But one thing that we could, could choose to try if we want is um is separate yourself from yourself Mm -hmm. when you're in these moments um become the observer right it's kind of like an out-of-body experience but not quite as cool um so sometimes i will see myself and i will be in this just horrible hurtful devastating place Mm -hmm. right and I'll just slip outside of myself and I'll look at myself as an observer. I will just switch it around. And instead of being in it, I'm observing, not in it, but I'm observing. And I'll be like, wow, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it. Oh, you feel it. Because the reason you think it's so bad and it hurts so bad is that the man has left. The woman has left. They're never coming back. The world is never going to be the same. You lost the job. The money is gone. The stories. Do you see? So it's, it's the stories that you're telling yourself that's, that's feeding these feelings of pain and hurt. It's not saying you shouldn't have them. It's not saying well, you shouldn't mm-hmm. think that. It's not saying that you should be dis- dismissive. But what I'm saying is if we can get to the point where we're like, oh, gosh, yeah, you're feeling this way because the man's gone and he's never coming back and you're never going to find another one. Mm. Really? Just wonder. 
because you might be like, yes, really? <laughs> and that's okay too. But what we're trying to do here is just create white spaces of opportunity. That's what I call them, white spaces of opportunity. So that instead of just reacting, we can consciously choose how we feel, the stories we tell, the action we take. But if we close off and we refuse to open up to the possibility that we could be in pain and still be in awe and wonderment of ourselves and still notice the stories and the thoughts, then basically what we're saying is I am who I am and I'm not interested in changing and I want to kind of feel shitty when I feel shitty and I don't want to get anything, uh, I don't want to have anything better come of that. And that's just mm. settling. And in a lot of ways, you just are wallowing in victimhood. And I don't, I just can't get behind that long-term for you or anyone to be quite honest. Girl, where can people find everything that you've been talking about, your courses, your curriculum, if they want to dive deeper into your into this work? Yeah. Uh, so transformationalnutrition.com is our institute where we teach all of this. Um, and my website, Cynthia Garcia. We actually have a stuck story quiz. So there's like five core stories that we all operate by. Um, one of them is a perfectionist. There's a pleaser. There's a victim. Um, anyways, I won't spoil the whole thing. But if you're interested in taking that and you are going to go take it because I want to yeah. Um, you can go and take the quiz and then you can download this whole stuck story. I created a whole book and you can just download it for free and work through it. And yeah, guys, guys, go check out this woman. She's freaking amazing. She dropped <laughs> so many knowledge bombs today. So rewind, take a pen, write things down, follow her, go over, <laughs> do the stuck story quiz. Um, and if you're not following me, guys, follow me at Lisa Billiou. And if this episode brought you value, please, please do subscribe, share, like, all that good stuff. Comment below what was the best thing that she said. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out, guys. <laughs>